it's just a, a computer like we would use in you know our everyday life just like a laptop or a, a regular kind of pc but it's about the size of a credit card and and typically models uh, of the raspberry pi sell for around the sort of 35 dollar mark welcome to kids lab a podcast for parents educators and everybody interested in steam education In this episode, I'm talking to James Robinson about the Raspberry Pi. The Raspberry Pi is a series of single board computers with the common goal to promote teaching of basic computing in schools and in developing countries. So James is a senior learning manager at the Raspberry Pi Foundation. As a former teacher, he's passionate about supporting teachers develop and apply effective teaching approaches for computing, pedagogy, and training. James enjoys learning new maker skills from knitting and croquet to programming and 3D design. He's a bit of a space enthusiast as well as an adult fan of LEGO and has combined his passions to send LEGO minifigs to near space using a Raspberry Pi. So what is the Raspberry Pi all about? There's actually no such thing as a single Raspberry Pi. The Raspberry Pi ecosystem now consists of a range of single board computers and accessories like its camera or sense headboard. The hardware is developed by the Raspberry Pi Foundation in the UK. And since the first model in 2012, their products have been in high demand. Over the years and with more powerful models of the Raspberry Pi released, many researchers and also developers for commercial projects started using the Raspberry Pi. But still, the educational roots are strong and lots of educational software and projects are available for the small, low-cost computer. This is the first episode that focuses exclusively on the Raspberry Pi and together with James, we're trying to give you a good overview of the Raspberry Pi itself, the educational software and the content that is available. There's literally a universe of Raspberry Pi projects out there, so we'll focus on some of our favorites and highlight these. If you want to get started with the Raspberry Pi and learn more, be sure to visit raspberrypi.org to get started. And like always, please also visit kidslab.dev for this episode's show notes and all the links. Again, that's kidslab.dev. So hi, James. It is really fantastic to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Sven. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a, a warm, muggy day here in Cambridge, um, but I've I finished my work day and uh, I've been uh, looking forward to chatting with you this evening. Um, so yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Very cool. I think it's pretty much the same over here in Germany. It was a very hot day and I felt like I've spent all my time in a Zoom meeting, actually. so <laughs> That sounds very familiar. <laughs> a very beautiful recording for the evening now. So James, it's awesome that we finally talk about the Raspberry Pi. I mean, I've been mentioning the Raspberry Pi in so many projects, basically, that we talked about in the show already and in the Kids Lab podcast. And finally, we have someone from the Raspberry Pi Foundation talking about the Raspberry Pi, of course. So so let's explore the Raspberry Pi. What is it and why should parents and teachers really care about it and, of course, also get one? The Raspberry Pi um, device itself um, has been around since around 2012. Um, and it is a small, single board, low cost computer. Um, it's just a, a computer like we would use in you know our everyday life, just like a laptop or a, a regular kind of PC. But it's about the size of a credit card. Um, and and typically models uh, of the Raspberry Pi sell for around the sort of $35 mark. Um, the, the most recent addition to the Raspberry Pi family has seen us 
um, produced some slightly higher spec models, but um, our, our core kind of Raspberry Pi device um, is always that sort of low cost um, $35 mark. And, you know, it, it, its size and its low cost uh, nature are really important. It means that we can do some really interesting and engaging things for, you know, relatively little money. Um, but the Pi also has um, a, a huge number of advantages in that it has um, some hardware on there that allows it to talk to physical hardware around it. So LEDs, buzzers, buttons, lights, and so on. Um, and we can do all sorts of sensing and interacting with the physical world, which um, for me as as an individual, but also as, a, as an education um, expert, I think um, it's something that's really fascinating. Um, and, and I think I find it, it really engages the learners um, that I interact with. Um, so we, we talk about this this space as physical computing, um, and, and it's something that's really sort of baked into what the Pi um, can do, if you excuse the unintentional pun there. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah, I think it's really an, an awesome combination of, of hardware and access to all kind of you know, sensors that are related to the hardware and, and also software, of course. And if I address the second question or part of that question, which is why, because um, I didn't really kind of hit that. Um, sure. Um, I think when I was in the classroom teaching, um, one of the reasons that I... Um, adopted the Raspberry Pi as my go-to device was the the low cost nature of it meant that I could ask all of the pupils taking our, our GCSE, our kind of um, secondary level qualification in the UK, um, I could ask them all to purchase themselves a Raspberry Pi or I could support them through the school's funding for those that found that challenging. Um, and it meant that every pupil had a device um, that they could bring to lessons, they could take home. It was the same device, so everyone was on a le level playing field. It gave us access to lots of exciting new areas of the, uh, that we could deliver the curriculum through. But it was just that accessibility, I think, that really um, helped us sort of deliver more engaging and exciting content in our in our curriculum lessons. And so I think that's one of the really the really um, you know big motivations for parents and teachers to consider it is that accessibility low cost the students owning that device that they can do what they like with is really powerful and motivating so you just mentioned purchasing the raspberry pi and i would assume that a couple of listeners actually go off and purchase one right away now uh what do you do when when you've received the raspberry pi how do you get started with it after the unboxing any recommendations for that well, there's a number of different ways of, of obtaining a purchasing a Raspberry Pi. Um, you know, we, we have resellers all over the world, but um, you know, you can either buy the Pi, the Raspberry Pi, as a device, you know, in isolation, so just a Raspberry Pi in a box. Um, you can uh, purchase it with. Um, we have an official getting started kit, uh, and many other resellers also um, supply accessories as part of sort of bundles and things. Um, but the, the the Raspberry Pi itself was conceived as a device that meet you know where you could repurpose hardware and equipment that you're probably going to have lying around the house you know a usb keyboard um some headphones you might have a you know you're probably gonna have a tv or or other screen that you can connect it to um so i think the first step is, is kind of thinking about what you might connect it to how are you going to boot this up where's it going to kind of get set up for the first time um and for me i think one of the first experiences that i would um engage my students with is doing a little bit of initial kind of exploration of the software a little bit of customization um, the software is is free it's open source um, linux um, we call our distribution raspbian and it is um it's it's subtly different to to what windows users might be familiar with and mac users um, but the same 
kind of key components of a desktop environment are there. But I think spending a bit of time exploring that desktop environment, finding some of those familiar things like, you know, changing your background, launching a web browser, connecting to your Wi-Fi, just getting comfortable with the device is a really good starting point. Um, you know, and then you might jump off and, and, and start programming a little bit of Scratch if you're familiar with that. You might go and do a bit of web browsing. You've got an Office app on there. And more and more, we're seeing people using the Raspberry Pi as, as almost a desktop replacement a low-cost desktop replacement um, because it can do pretty much anything your normal computer can do. Um, it's just you know low-cost and it can do some extra things there. So I think yeah, getting familiar, um, seeing what it's capable of, maybe playing a bit of uh, you know a bit of Minecraft that's, that's sort of baked in on the image <laughs> there, and just exploring what you can do with the Pi out of the box. So you are a senior learning manager at the Raspberry Pi Foundation. So the obvious question would be, what, which learning resources can you recommend for the Raspberry Pi after you've explored it a bit and if you want to go a bit deeper, basically? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I currently work in, I mean, I've been, I've been at the foundation for um, just over five years. Um, and I think with the, the number of projects that we have on our, on our site has, has grown rapidly over that period. Um, I remember back when we had sort of 30, 40 projects, and now you'll probably find something in the region of 150, 200 projects on, on our website, ranging in, in challenge and, and context and all sorts of things. Um, so I think for a beginner, um, you know, there's loads of great scratch projects that, you know, you could run on your regular PC or, 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 the, or the device, um, but they, they, they work equally well on, on the Raspberry Pi. Um, and so you can bring that, those exist, that existing programming experience to a device that is yours. Um, so there's lots of great scratch projects there. Um, my daughter is currently, she's eight, she's currently working on um, Boat Race, which is a really nice project where um, the, the learner, uh, builds a program that helps the where they have to navigate a boat round an obstacle maze um and then i think once they've become familiar with doing that within the raspberry pi environment i think there are lots of great ways to connect that with the uh, uh, sort of outside world um so um and we'll, well you know there's there's some of the other projects that i'll talk about but i think you know you can start to bring that physical computing sort of idea into your existing scratch projects and start to kind of break outside the virtual space and into the real world like adding leds and buzzers and things when you you know crash your boat into the wall or whatever um but a, a really nice um one of my favorite kind of peripherals or add-ons for the for the raspberry pi is our raspberry pi camera um and over the last few years there's been a few different variants of the camera uh, most recently a, a high quality high resolution camera um which has like um you can attach uh, sort of high, you know, high quality lenses to it to really enhance what you can do with it. But the, the low cost, the, the simple camera is, it's like, I think it's like $20-ish kind of price. Um, and, you know, there's some really great projects with that. There's a, a nice getting started with, with Pi Camera project where you just sort of learn about how to snapshots with the camera. Um, and one of my favorite projects with the camera is, um, is around time lapse. You can do all sorts of time lapse projects with the camera with a little Python program, or you can do it in Scratch. Um, and um, it's, it's a project that I did with my kids in school. Um, it's like a time lapse sort of thing with Crest eggheads. So you get a an old eggshell and you and you plant some crest seeds in there you draw a little face on the front and you watch the crest grow out hilariously yeah. as as green hair right but we've seen that iterated into all sorts of um either time lapse or stop frame animations there's so much you can do with a camera um that's just a really nice nice add-on 
it sounds like you're gonna ask questions then yeah don't don't worry actually thank you so much for talking already about the the projects basically and uh, i really like the the path we've been taking because we started by kind of talking a little bit about scratch right which is a software only so you're kind of using the raspberry pi as a normal computer that doesn't have too many peripherals and then sensors attached to it right and then we talked about the camera which uh, for me was like kind of the first uh, hardware edition you now you have to plug something in you have to kind of lose the fear of, of plugging something to raspberry pi into a device and it works and another thing that i wanted to talk with you about is actually the sense set which i think you now is this like a combination of sensors you can add to the raspberry pi and that's really opening up the, the crazy world of sensors right yeah the sensor is 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 remarkable um it, it was a, a device that um was being developed just before i arrived at the foundation and you know it was one of, one of my, my first days at the foundation found out about some of the things that it was going to do um and help with some of the early projects but it, it's based essentially it's a it's a sensor board um or a sort of suite of sensors on there it has an led matrix it has a humidity sensor temperature sensor pressure sensor um and and you can do so many things with it um and you know you can do some really interesting scientific experiments or you could just do some really fun inventive creative projects um so a really fun simple project that you can create is just by creating a um an eight by eight pixel image um so you learn about how colors are represented within the computer um you have to build an array of of um, of pixels and then you sort of send that to the to the sense hat and it and it gets displayed and, and the sense hat um i mean the it's hard to sort of maybe visualize if you're not looking at a raspberry pi but i'm sure it'll include some pictures it's like basically like a little board that just sits on top of the of the raspberry pi so there's no additional cables and wires it's just you you slot it onto some pins and it's all connected and ready to go um so yeah a really nice project to to sort of bring that to life is pixel pet um, where you you make a series of images and you animate a little creature that sort of moves around on your screen, um, which is which is really great. And you can learn a lot about, um, as I say, variables, looping, arrays, color representation, uh, timing, all of those kind of things come into that simple project. Uh, but then it's you know with the built-in accelerometer, you can you know you can do loads of sort of um, physical world sensing type projects, which are really really very exciting and, and perhaps if there's time a little bit later on i'll, I'll mention astro pie and we might loop back to that but th this is this sense has a very special place in the foundation because of its um its connection to astro pie but we'll come back to that later so james now we mentioned a couple of projects that are super fascinating i'm wondering where can teachers and parents actually go to if they want to learn more about the raspberry pi and maybe get deeper into you know education and coding and stuff like that Thanks, Sven. I'm glad you asked. Um, there are there are lots of places, and I think you know your first port of call um, should be visiting raspberrypi.org, um, which is our website for all of the sort of the content and the programs that the foundation run. Um, for if you want to learn a bit more about how to get started, we have an excellent free online course which we host on the FutureLearn platform. Um, it's uh, you can find details of that course on 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 the raspberrypi.org website. Um, for all the projects so i've listed a, a couple of different project ideas um you will find the rest of those all sort of you know 200 or so um at, at raspberrypi.org forward slash projects uh, and they're all sort of categorized by theme and hardware and and so on so there's there's lots of great content there um 
and 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 finally you know you'll find out lots of other things about the other things that we do um we've recently um you know we, we've recently experienced this sort of the lockdown and the, and the and the coronavirus um sort of situation and as part of that we launched a program called digital making at home and at the moment we are we are running um regular sessions where we're working to support learners who maybe don't have access to to, to regular formal education through school and providing kind of tutorials and and live video instruction on on how to kind of work through and step through some of our projects and that's been really exciting to see something like that come from you know a very challenging sort of situation um but there's, there's lots of things like that um, going on in there. Um, Astro Pi, which we, we've uh, mentioned, um, you'll, you'll find lots of details on our website about that, as well as lots of other things that we do. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of great places to start. But raspberrypi.org is your first port of call, I think. Very cool. And of course, we'll, we'll put all these links into the show notes. So if uh, listeners would like to learn more about these projects and just go to kidslab.dev and we'll definitely mention these in the show notes. Very cool. James, you are a space enthusiast uh, and also an ex-teacher, actually. I'm not sure what, what is more important. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen you've been blogging about AstroPy. So I think here the space enthusiasm is a bit more interesting. Uh, so what is AstroPy all about? And how now is this like a pie in, in space? What is fascinating about it? Well, um, this was um, this was a really exciting project um, to kind of witness happening. Uh, I, I had some sort of limited sort of you know on the edge involvement in some of the early kind of projects, um, but essentially um, back in well, it must have been sort of twenty fifteen, I think. Um, we worked with the European Space Agency, and we were able to send two. Um, Raspberry Pis equipped with sense hats, um, encased in a special um, space-grade flight case, um, to the International Space Station, um, and so those two Raspberry Pis have been there since. Um, they live on on the space station, and for the first um, year or so of their time in space, they were part of a project with British Easter astronaut ESA astronaut Tim Peake, um, who ran code written by students in the in the uk um on that device so you know the sort of caption for the for this sort of project was your code in space and it really was an opportunity for students to to write their own um, projects and activities and challenges and experiments and have their code um run on one of the most expensive and elaborate science laboratories you know <laughs> that humans have ever conceived of um so it's a really fascinating project and absolutely um you know you really get to see the kids ingenuity and inventiveness um uh, you know because the projects they they came up with were not the kinds of things that necessarily adults would think of but there was some really great intuitive sort of uh really interesting and engaging uh projects that they came up with one of my favorite ones was measuring how well the astronauts could um determine which way like up if, if there is such a thing in space was um they held the astro pie unit and they had to do i think it was a forward roll um and they had to press a button on it every time they thought they were facing you know uh, nominally up um and it would tell them whether they were correct at the end and measure their mm -hmm. performance and i thought you can only do that in space um and it's a really great great example of kids sort of thinking outside the box and and you know being inventive that is super fascinating. 
so an, another thing that I, I really wanted to mention, and this is something a little closer to my heart and experience, um, is something called high altitude ballooning. Um, and it, it's one of the things that I, it sort of intersects both that ex-teacher and, and space enthusiast um, sort of thing. It's um, a, a project that I ran in my school and, we, and we, we've run a couple of times in the UK supporting teachers to do it. Um, but essentially the, you take the, the Raspberry Pi, which is powerful, it's light, it's, it's low cost. Um, you add a little bit of additional hardware um, in, in some radio equipment. You attach it to a helium balloon and you basically let it go and let it float away. Now, it's a bit more complicated than that. You you have to um, you know ensure that you understand the regulations in your particular country uh, about Trump, you know sending things through airspace and so on. Um, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Um, but on the day, essentially, you you release this this payload um and it floats it and it floats um my record is about 38 kilometers um straight up i mean people other people get it far higher and do all sorts of complicated things um but at that height um you can start to see the you know the black of space you can see the curvature of earth um and you know you can have you, well, you should really you, you wouldn't want to do this project without a camera but you send the camera up with the raspberry pi one of our the, the low cost cheap uh, lightweight cameras and you can photograph um the curvature of the earth and we did this as a school project for about three to four hundred pounds give or take uh, and a lot of that is you know as long as you get your payload back um then then you can you know that's that's a, that's investment cost it's not ongoing cost um, and then the balloon bursts and it falls down and it's captured by a parachute and then the whole way through its flight it's transmitting te- telemetry back to you at a base and so then you hop in a car um you've got a little tracker in your car and you you chase the balloon or the the what, what's left of the of the, the payload um and you know it lands in a field or in you know a forest or in one case a firing range um and you 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 know you negotiate with somebody on the ground about how you're going to recover it um and you learn so much about about like so many things it's such an, an intense project um but i think for me what it did for me and my students was it really kind of showed how achievable and how within the, their reach um, space was um, with the application of some science and maths and some technology, um, they could send an object to near space, you know. Um, so that that's something I'm really, really passionate about. And I'll, I'll include some links to some sort of videos and, uh, and images, you know, I can prove that I've been that high. <laughs> Yeah, please, please do add them to the show notes. And uh, I just wanted to say, it looks like you've also proven that the world isn't flat, right? <laughs> Which is, yes, uh, by itself yeah. is already pretty cool. So. Yeah, I'm, I think one of the, one of the teachers that we work with, I think they're, they're almost their entire motivation for for working with us was, I want to prove to a kid in year nine who is adamant the world is flat that it's not. Um, so that that's you know we're investing all of this time and effort just to 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 prove this one kid wrong this is an excellent project uh definitely have a closer look at that so james is there anything something you are working on right now that you want to share with us with our listeners um or even something personally that's next for you and that you're looking out for so the last um year and a half in in, here in england um we have uh been establishing a 
um, a thing called the National Center for Computing Education. And that's something that I've been heavily involved in, um, it, it, working in, in, in sort of looking at pedagogy and how effective computing pedagogy is in the classroom. Um, and there's a whole bunch of content and outputs from that center that I think would be interesting, would be of interest to predominantly our te- your teacher audience but also parents and, and you know in some cases um, learners as well um, we've just um, in the last couple of months we have launched a free curriculum which is uh, covers from age uh, 5 to 16 roughly um, so key stage one as we would call it in the UK to key stage four um, 500 hours worth of lesson material um, slide decks, assessments, about 3,000 documents in total. And it's all available and open for teachers to take and use um, as they wish, adapt it. Um, and so I think any teachers listening to this should really go and check that out um, and, and look at how they could adapt some of that content to um, to, the, to their to their learning context. So I think, yeah, that would be um, uh, it's something I'm, I'm really passionate about and i think the other thing i should just uh, i should plug while i'm here is um uh, i i currently run a I host a podcast myself um which is uh called the teach computing podcast um we're on a, a short break at the moment but it's a podcast where we talk about teaching and learning in the computing classroom and we have guests talking about uh pedagogy and research and practice and all sorts of interesting things um in this kind of computing education space um so yeah uh you should come and come and check that podcast out as well perfect and all these links again are in the show notes so james thank you so much this was really fantastic thanks for taking the time no thank you very much Fred. it's been a pleasure I hope you enjoyed hearing about the famous Raspberry Pi single board computer and its importance for the computing education. It's again the right time to head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all the links. And of course, don't forget to subscribe with one of the subscription buttons. Again, that's kidslab.dev. That's also the place to go if you want to leave some feedback. Next up, I'll be talking to Rob Bennett about Bloxels. Bloxels is all about building your own video games. And while the kids do that, learn lots about coding. (laughs) 